and welcome. This is episode 24 of the Hillcrest Duo. Today is Saturday, February 27th, 2016. I am your host, Brad Risto, at Outsider Brad Twitter. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, Metal John. Hey, Brad, I'm at Metal John Radio on Twitter. Thank you very much, Metal John. We do have a lot coming your way today. We're obviously going to be talking about Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl. Walking Dead did air last Sunday, and there's a lot more coming your way. But, Metal, first, I have to ask you, yesterday was the 26th of February. It was Friday. TGIF has returned. Fuller House on Netflix debuted. Have you watched any of it? I watched uh, the pilot. Ep- Actually, I watched the first two episodes. I watched the pilot, and I, I see you enjoyed my um, TGIF reference. Yeah, that was that's pretty funny. But yeah, well, so it- so Fuller House is on uh, Netflix. Uh, I'll start off by saying this. Yeah. If you watched Full House at all, I, I personally wasn't a huge fan of the show, but mm-hmm. it was just one of those shows where if it was on and I was home, I put it on, I watched it. Some episodes were more entertaining than others, um, and it's one of those shows still when like Nickelodeon has all the reruns. If they're if I'm channel surfing, I'll put it on for a couple minutes, but I'll never watch like a full episode. Yeah. Um, but I will say this about Fuller House, because I know a lot of people are a little skeptical on how it's going to be or what it's going to be like. I got to say, the pilot episode is worth a watch yeah. just because it, <laughs> it has that reunion to it. It yes. has that reunion feel to it. And the editing of them showing... 29 years ago versus today. Oh, God. And how they kind of put side by side on a lot of things. Can I, first of all, can I say one thing about that? No, you can't say anything, Brad. Shut up. Screw John Stamos and his attractiveness. Oh. He made me feel I'm talking about the inferior. one character who doesn't age. <laughs> yes. The one he's, that, the, he's the only one who seriously looks exactly the same. Or younger. He might look younger than he did. <laughs> and that's what I was trying to get to with the uh, the pilot is that they really they it, they they make fun of themselves a oh, little God. bit. There's a lot of jokes like where they break that fourth wall. There's yeah. oh man, and the John Stamos thing where he talks about you guys making fun of me with all the hair gel and facial work I put on, and look at me, I haven't aged one bit. No, he has not. It is it is a true. Uh, David Coulee also doesn't still kind of looks no, the same. He looks the same. He just looks like there's more of him. Yeah, well, Bob Saget. Looks like, like a lot more of him, as you and I, you know, complete hypocrites. Um, uh, make fun of people's weight. I'll we say are that, horrible. Uh, I'll say that uh, uh, Stephanie uh, definitely aged uh, very well. Yes, she toit. She's easy on the eyes. She's looking toit. Uh, uh Kimmy Gibbler actually looks, also looks, looking nice and looks uh, pretty nice. And then there's Candace Cameron, and eh, yeah. she's okay. Yeah, yeah. I realize she's the star. Whatever. Yeah, so I, the first episode, the pilot episode, has that reunion feel to it. Yeah, I so love, I, mean, I love the joke about about uh, Olsa not being there. Yeah, so uh, running her fashion empire, deadpan into the camera, but obviously, um, they um are just they um are doing basically what you wanted to. They're doing it. What would have been a reunion episode if they ever did like an hour long reunion one? That's what um basically the pilot entirely is. Yeah, and I mean, and that's worth a watch. Now, if you want to go anything beyond that, it's. I, I don't starts, know. I only watched, like I said, I watched the second episode, which really... It's like the pilot and then the second pilot that's the actual pilot, basically. Yeah. Now, the, yeah, the, the episode two that I watched, I 
was just like, eh, I'm watching it because I'm killing time, but I really wasn't entertained by it. Right. Um, a couple of the inside jokes were, were still pretty funny, mm-hmm. um, but it really, the, the inside jokes is, is the best part, you know? Yes, um, and uh, it, this show is overly overly cheesy i mean there is cheesy and then there is what they did with this they took what was the original concept of full house which was this nice kind of little heartwarming um late 80s early 90s sitcom and they've tried to make it in 2015 but then they also just ratcheted up the cheese i mean this is this is a lot more kids yes this is el fromage in uh supremo yeah to me i feel like this show um all of the kids that are going to be on this show are going to either they're either going to be adorable and everybody's going to love them or everybody's going to hate them and they're going to stop watching the show because there's too many kids. Right. Um I just want to say one thing that I thought was the best part about the reunion episode was Nikki and Alex were actually played by the little kids who played Nikki and Alex. They just didn't get two different actors. Yeah, that's what that surprised cool. me. I'm like, "Okay, you know what? They um didn't really probably have to get the actual actors for them back cuz it's like no one remembered them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and, well, and I'm pro- surprised that Dave Coulet isn't going to be part of the show on a full-time basis. Yeah, since he has nothing better to do. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I get um, uh, Bob Saget. He does stand up as one of the, once again, one of the best things about Bob Saget is the fact that he is one of the dirtiest stand-up comedians of all time, and him playing squeaky clean Danny Tanner is always a hoot. Yeah. And then John Stamos obviously has other things to be doing. Yep. Good for him. But, you know, it, if you are a child of the late 80s and you are um, a, watch, remember watching TGIF on ABC every Friday night, you know, this one is a bit of a trip in the same way that on Disney Channel, Girl Meets World is a bit of a trip. It's fun to um, uh, revisit your childhood yeah, and see what where they are now. As you're an adult, so are they. And that's fun to go and see. The yep. fact that it's a complete continuation with the original cast members. Yeah, I agree. Anything else uh, new and exciting this week, Brad? For me, nothing. Um, uh, it, last night was also Friday, so that meant you saw a movie. What movie did you see? I went to go see Triple Nine, the new uh, action movie about dirty cops. Dirty cops. Uh, Casey Affleck, Woody Harrelson, Aaron Paul, Gal Gadot's in it, Wonder Woman. Norman Reedus is in it. Uh, M- Michelle Ang. Ooh. Michelle Ang, she's that Asian girl from Fear the Walking Dead, the airplane one. Ooh. Ooh I like her. But um, uh, Directed by John Hillcoat, who also, by the way, I'm going to give a quick yeah. shout out. He did a fantastic, bloody Australian Western movie called Ooh. The Proposition back in 2005. A must watch. If you like Western movies, if you like bloody movies, if you okay. like violent movies, nice. that's a must watch. So okay. he directed uh, so can he directed I... that movie. He also did The Road. He did Lawless. This is his new movie, Triple Nine. So, so um, uh, is it just basically like that um, Prius commercial where the bunch of um, uh, bank robbers become uh, endearing to everyone and uh, never get caught because they're all white? No, but there's a connection to that. No. There's a Wire character that is in Triple Nine. <laughs> awesome. My favorite Wire character, Omar is in Triple Nine for cool. five minutes. He plays a cross-dresser. Oh, I figured he played was the first well, played the character who was the first one to get killed. No, he just played a cross-dresser like CI. <laughs> uh, anyways, it's uh, it, I, I was it's like a two-hour movie. I mean, from start to finish, it's just dirty cops doing dirty cop stuff. It breezes you right know, along. You know, trying to cover their tracks, trying to figure out what their next big heist is going to be. And, and how to get away with it, and then kind of, uh, you know, shooting each other in the back a little bit, 
Well, yeah, little, I mean, obviously, my rat, a lot of rats, kind of like in the, you know, like the last half hour in the departed, the departed, where they're all just shooting each other. That's shooting. Are you a cop? <laughs> Are you a cop? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, what is your favorite um uh, uh bank robber movie or um undercover cop movie? Because obviously, for undercover cop movie, I have to go with the Departed. Oh, Departed's great, but yeah, for like bank robbery stuff and heist movies. I am a big fan of Inside Man, the Spike Lee movie with Clive Owen. Mm. I thought it was a really good one just yeah. because of how how well together it was put and how it starts off with the guy be saying, I'm going to pull off a bank heist and I'm going to walk right out the door when I'm done. Yeah. And then they kind of put that puzzle together and they show you exactly how he does exactly what he says he's going to do. I, and I thought it was a brilliant movie the way it was put together. But I also like Ocean's Eleven. Yes, that, that, that was the I one like I was Heat. Go you know, I, mean, I was going to so go with goodness. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven is just the quintessential. The remake. Fun. The I'm remake. not even a fan of the old one. It's too the, but, slow. No, but the um, remake with the George Clooney, it is just a quintessential, just fun movie. Casey Affleck also in that movie. One, yes, 100% fun. That's all um, it is. And that's what's great about it. That's why they got two sequels out of it. Yeah. Because it was uh, just... Plain fun, and uh, that's what you want from a heist movie. Yeah, well, I mean, in Triple Nine, just a good fun heist movie. It's rated R, got some action in it. Uh, it's it's entertaining. It's kind of fun to see how you know try to you know keep yourself guessing. Like, how is this going to happen? Who's going to betray? Who's going to betray who? Who's going to get away? Who's not going to get away? Um, you know, who's going to, you know, there's a lot of that. I mean, that's what I like about these movies. I, but some of these, you don't really go back and watch like three, four or five times, even a great movie like oceans 11. I liked it, but I'll tell you what, I saw it in the theater and then I've caught bits and pieces of it since then. So if it's on cable and I'm channel surfing, I'll put it on for a half hour or so. Yeah. Maybe 10 minutes, maybe half hour, maybe an hour, but not the full two hours. Okay. Okay. We have to move right along. Last Sunday, it was an, uh, another new episode of what Walking Dead, Walking Dead, uh, Season 6, Episode 10. The Next World. As they kind of um, uh, finally, finally this season did their kind of pullback and introspective episode. Yeah. Uh, but we did we did get to meet a new character, Jesus. 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 Uh, in the comics, his real name is Paul Monroe. Mm-hmm. Um, which, if that name sounds familiar, Deanna Monroe... The leader of Alexandria, that's her son. Well. If they decide, now we're not saying they're going down that path on no, the TV of show. Not. We don't know. But if they wanted to go down that path on the TV show, this is what's interesting about Jesus, is that if he is indeed Paul Monroe, yeah. Dina Monroe's son, um, he was never really a part of Alexandria. He kind of oversaw a new... Uh, area close to Alexandria called Hilltop. And in the comics, Negan took over Hilltop. Uh oh. So, if that's tr- the truth, this, and they're going to go down that path with this character, mm-hmm. this is the end for Negan. This is where Jesus is looking for people to help him go retake over Hilltop, where right. Negan has now. Uh, has um, uh, the power. Yeah. So, but you know that was obviously the big one. Or maybe one. he's maybe if they want to go in a different direction, another possibility is maybe he's working with Negan as a spy. Possibly, but that's obviously um uh, was the big reveal for this episode. As most of it was just them reflecting on everything that's happened to them up until now in this season. Yep. A nice little kind of a, a pull back, take a breather, yep. appreciate that you're still alive. You're not a walker. 
and move on and rebuild. Yep. Enid as they, and, and Carl having yes. some candy in the woods. As they rebuilt um, uh, the walls in uh, Alexander, that is the other thing, obviously, is the fact that they did indeed rebuild. And yeah. that's obviously the only other big thing that happened in this episode. Um, any other um, thoughts? You know, with that episode, too, I mean, uh, let's talk about the end. Rick and Michonne. Mm-hmm. Did you see that coming? I never see anything coming. Really? So in the very beginning um, of that episode, if you remember, it opens up with like Rick kind of waking up like he's in bed or whatever, and Michonne's got a towel wrapped around her, and Carl's like playing with the tennis ball, throwing up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I kind of sense right there, I was like, ooh, this is like a little happy family thing here. It's yeah, like, I guess. And Michonne was like being a little upbeat and smiley. I'm like, ah, Rick and Michonne are hooking up. I thought they were hooking up prior to that. Like, I thought that this was like they had already hooked up. And then the episode ends with them, you know, hooking up. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bouch, wow, wow. Good, good for Rick, man. That guy's a player. Yeah, good for him. I mean, he, he keeps just, his, his girlfriend just got eaten, so he go keeps keep, fi- go get a new girl. You, you know what? You gotta get back on the horse metal. You can't exactly. You, you can't just you can't dwell just, in the past. Yeah, move I, your, on. Your girlfriend gets eaten. You go get a new girlfriend. She would. She would want you to move on and be happy. And I don't think Michonne's getting eaten anytime soon. She either. would want you to move on and be happy. And if you want, as we want to move on and be happy, we will talk about Supergirl, who um uh, had um returned after the Grammys. Yes. Uh, episode fourteen: Truth, Justice, and the American Way. And uh, you could not have an any more um uh, generic um episode title, yeah. but. And of course, we had another Alien of the Week, Master Jailer. Yep, I like him. By the way, I, I love that he decapitated his prisoners. That yeah, was that was cool. cool. He kind of reminded me a little bit of a, like a Mortal Kombat character. Yeah, he did. With I those mean, chains and stuff. I liked, I liked him. It. I, I thought he was a very cool character too. And, but yes, obviously this was a very standalone-ish episode. Um, a very little um to do with the overall plot because, well, your um main villain is off world for two weeks. Yeah. So, well, well, not only this. that, but they they kind of introduced a few subplots to to help uh. Develop some of the characters. Yes, she has uh, a professional rival now. Obviously, yeah. Cat's got a new assistant. So, uh, are you going to predict a little bit of a girl fight here in the coming uh, coming weeks? I just hope they actually get rid of her because she's already grating. I realize that's her point is to be grating and annoying and insufferable. But well, ugh. here's some thoughts I got. So. Max Lord gets released, obviously, and that's the big um thing. That, that's the big Supergirl Ma- um stands for truth, justice, and the American way, and you know the DEO is kind of holding him without trial or any kind of due process whatsoever. And w- once again, how is James Olsen not taking pictures? He is a horrible journalist. Yeah. Um. Well, f- first question: Do you sympathize with James' position a little bit, where he kind of? told Kara, look, you know, I'm a journalist. I know where this guy's at, you know. I'm not doing my job. Yes, of course I do. But if he were open his mouth, he'd get Guantanamo too, and he'd be in a cell right next to him. Well, and that also brings me back to something I pointed out a few weeks ago. I'm like, why is the DEO just letting anybody come right in? Exactly. You know, know, why are you letting somebody who works for a newspaper? Why are you letting a Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist in? Exactly. Now... Here's my question, though. Now that Max is out, yes, yes, I have to assume that he he's probably not directly 
going to go throw Supergirl, Kara, the DEO, throw everybody under the bus. But I'm thinking he's going to team with somebody to help take down Kara and them. Or not only that, but I think he's kind of like, because he's a, he kind of comes across as like a chess player a little bit. Yeah. I'm thinking he puts himself in a strategic position to get close to Kara, mm-hmm. which means maybe hooking up with Kara's rival assistant. Ooh. Or maybe he invests in something with Catco and he starts working at Catco or starts showing up there oh, more often. Nice. Like yeah. put, I think he's gonna put himself in a position where he gets really close he, to Kara and it's gonna have something to do with Catco. I, I I like that. I think you're right. I think there's gonna be some kind of business merger. That's a good one. Some kind of hostile takeover. Just a thought. Um I oh, by the way. I, I don't know why we keep bringing it up, but there was a wire shot out in this week's episode. Did you catch that? No. Uh, so. Su- oh wait, no. Yeah, the, we we been, when we binge watched the wire. Yeah, she's like, she's like, uh, I've been wanting to take down a corrupt cop ever since we binge watched the wire. I was <laughs> like, wait, did she just? I actually seriously rewound it to see if that's what she said. Did she like, just say that? Yeah, that was a uh, that was a good time. Next week, uh, the Fortress of Solitude. Yes. That should be cool. A, but it looks like James Olsen is there, too. Yeah. Well, well, he knows about this fortress. Yeah, but she just brings the photojournalist everywhere. Well, I think he's probably been there before. I think Superman trusts Jimmy or James, whatever. But regardless, um, it was a very fun episode. But once again, I'm kind of getting tired of these standalone episodes because it's just kind of grating to see um we are so used to there being episodic um grand arcs in these shows nowadays. Well, I think we're going to get one now that Max is out. Yes. Like I said if Max starts putting himself in Yes, if they in finally, a position where he can be close to Kara and overhear things 15 um episodes in they're finally getting into their grand arc and that's a good thing. That's all I'm going to say. Because as we talk about episodic um, issues, we go to from a Supergirl that has had these issues to one that um, is the show that is probably the best at doing these grand arcs right now, at least that's currently going, and that's The Flash, yeah. who um, had another very fun episode, very good episode, even though it itself was a pullback episode, it still happened to manage to move the main plot along. Yeah, this week's episode was uh, King Shark, episode King Shark, 15. I loved, and I loved the King Shark episode. I I did live tweet during this entire episode. I, I had fun with it. As um, uh, a lot of um, uh, fun things happened, especially between Cisco and um, uh, Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, every, you, knew, you knew Cisco was going to overreact. Well, not only that, but you knew he was going to tell her eventually what he saw. In oh, God, team. yes. And my. Uh, th- th- as we um uh, before we get to it, I want to get to the very end, like where she says, "I'm never going to become Killer Frost." Don't worry, Cisco. And I just uh, added uh, at the very end of that, not at least until season four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Give me oh, t- by the way, uh, did you uh, notice Cisco's shirt this week? Um, I did, but I forget what the reference was to. I mean, he always does have the best shirts. Yeah, it was uh, Mario and King Koopa in a uh, Godzilla theme. Oh. I love you, Cisco. Like a Godzilla parody. It's pretty cool. Cisco is the man. Um, but before we get to uh, the big the big surprise uh, at the end of the episode, um, yes. just kind of talk a little bit about King Shark. Uh, by the way, I love I, I, the, I When it comes down to these characters, like breaking out of something, they got to come up with better writing. I mean, the King Shark escape was lame. 
They kept them in a pool with lasers, and they shut off the lasers for no reason at all when they feed him. When I, I tweeted out that point, I got a Jurassic Park feeling here. <laughs> but And it ended up not being that. But, yeah, they shut it off for no reason. Although I have to say one thing. I love that they um, nicknamed him Bruce. Yes. That was awesome. For those of you that don't know why that that's awesome, if you've ever seen Jaws, the name for um, the shark that um, they called it was Bruce. Yep. So I loved that little reference to Jaws there. And obviously the, this episode was just littered with Jaws references. Wait, even even when it comes down to electrocuting King Shark. Yes. So let me ask you this. Who, who electrocuted it better? Uh, Barry or Brody? Barry over Brody. What? Yes. Oh, I when love... You, when you do it yourself, it's awesome. And he was running on water. He was a literal Jesus metaphor at the time. Eh, I think Brody does it better. Whatever, but yes, King Shark, I mean, he was obviously a villain of the week here as they had to do something as they pulled back from coming back from Earth 2 as everyone deals with the repercussions of what happened. Cisco dealing with knowing that in the Earth 2, he's a villain, Caitlin's a villain, and Barry dealing with the repercussion that his family is not quite the same on Earth 2. Yeah. Now, speaking of Earth 2... Uh, it, it, they tell us right at the beginning of the episode that the portals closed for good. So, right from the show standpoint, for now, are they going to keep it closed for good, or are we going to see, or do you even want this to happen, a separate storyline happening on Earth Two, where similar to the flat to Arrow, where we get to see the island life from mm-hmm. years ago, which is like a flashback, and then the current. Will we get to? Will we have like? An Earth Two subplot versus I, Earth One I, ho- I hope there's kind of like an, an, another Earth Two episode, but obviously there's because the going- way this episode ended, it almost made it seem like either A, we're just gonna end on a big cliffhanger and we're not even gonna address this for weeks, or B, when the show comes back at the end of March, we're gonna have an Earth Two subplot and an Earth One plot. I think there's gonna be another breach because they can't just say it's completely closed for good. I'm going to say there's another breach somehow. And I suppose since you mentioned the end, we have to talk about the end. And that was the uh, identity of Zoom has finally been revealed. It's Hunter Zolomon. As, um, that's what the producers said in an Entertainment Weekly interview that was um, posted pretty much minutes after the episode aired. It is Jay Garrick, but it's Jay Garrick from Earth One, Hunter Zolomon. And that's what everyone thought it was going to be, and that's what it ended up being. Kind of anticlimactic because um, uh, you still are. We're all, only thing we're really left with now is who is the guy in the metal mask? Yeah, and if you, and one thing I, I kind of noticed in that scene too was the guy in the metal mask was freaking out when he saw Zoom carrying Dead Jay. Jay. And I don't necessarily think he was freaking out because he saw Zoom carrying his doppelganger. I think he was freaking out because Zoom needed him for something. And now that he's got what he needed, I think he was kind of freaking out, almost like, a, no, this is the worst possible thing ever. This is, right. a, you know. And, I mean, and by the me- way, Barry didn't keep his promise. He didn't go back for him. And part of me... Part of me um, thinks that um, uh, while they said it is Hunter Zolomon, 
I think that may be um, a ploy because we've seen producers do this in the past. We saw that with um, the Dark Knight, that um, uh, Dark Knight Rises, that uh, um, it's not Talia Osgul, it's not Talia Osgul, it was Talia Osgul. So I'm still going to pin some hope to that it is um, a Jay Garrick from the future driven mad, even though, you know, Jay Garrick is dead. But I- I'm going to think of a way to make this work. Don't you worry. I- I'm going to think of some crazy convoluted way to make my stupid theory from last week work. All right. But um, no, it's probably just Hunter Zolomon and uh, Jay Garrick is now dead, which now leaves us with the big question. Who is the man in the Iron Mask? Yeah. That with um, it, no, my theory now being completely blown out of the water, I have no idea. I'm back to square one. I'm going to have to go to my um, drawing board and start connecting the yarns and try and figure out who it is. Yeah, I, I've always just been kind of scratching my head at this the whole time like and i i can't seem to think of a character not anymore i mean that my, my, that my is th- missing that it could be that we because i have a feeling it's somebody we know and that's why they're that's why he's wearing a mask because they right. don't want us to know who it is i mean my theory worked i mean it was it would if it was um jay garrick from the future he wanted to keep hunter zalman uh away because he had to get rid of him and blah 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 my theory worked it's jay garrick driven mad from the future that worked but now with jay garrick from the present dead that obviously can't work out so i am completely flabbergasted we're gonna have to leave it there as um uh, they're taking a bit of a hiatus now yeah they'll return at the end of march but don't worry there's plenty of more coming up on the hillcrest duo to keep us occupied Gotham returns on monday mr freeze is the name of the episode so that means it's going to be all about the Penguin. <laughs> Probably. No. But I'm it. excited. Monday night, Gotham, new episode. Uh, uh, March 18th, new season of Daredevil. House of Cards is coming up on Netflix. Oh, by the way, I thought of a, ske- a comedy sketch that needs to be done by Netflix or someone on Saturday Night Live. Full House of Cards. Ooh, Full House of Cards. I like that. <laughs> I don't know what it would be if it's um, Stephanie. Just Full t- House of Cards is the new black. <laughs> you just want to get them all together, but no, just something like um one of the kids completely um taking everyone out through Machiavellian maneuvers. As we close out this episode of the Hillcrest duo. Yeah, I mean and, and uh a couple of things coming up though. We need to t- we need to tease uh in a few weeks we're gonna have a special feature episode cartoons and pizza yeah we're gonna talk about our favorite cartoons where i'm looking forward to that episode um also we will have another episode coming up here uh within the next week where we will talk about gotham we will talk about the walking dead and uh you know, I'm in probably, the future, of course, we're going to talk Daredevil, House of Cards, all that stuff. And we're probably going to get the Flash in as well, but th- that's yeah. coming up. But we might have to leave out Arrow for our next episode, so we'll talk about Arrow right now. Yes. As um, they also had their 15th episode. Yeah. Uh, taken. No relation to the Liam Neeson movies, but I have idea. a particular set of skills. So Dark uh, Dark hasn't, uh, hasn't figured out that. Oliver and Green Arrow the same person yet, which still just scratches my head. Wait, he still hasn't, and uh, he has uh, Oliver's son. Yep. Basically, he has Oliver's son held hostage, and for ransom, he tells Oliver Queen, you need to drop out of the mural race. Oh. That's why he's got him hostage. So Oliver, of course, gives in, drops out of the mural race, 
in front of the press, announces he's pulling out. Um, but Team Arrow go to get William back uh, unsuccessfully. Then later on, uh, he is released. But what drives me nuts about this episode is another person is let in on Team Arrow's identity. Of course, Oliver's baby mama, Mary, learns. Well, of course. Of, learns who everybody is. Um, cool thing, Brad. I know you missed this week's episode, but yeah, uh, I'm William had a favorite toy. His favorite toy was a Flash toy. Well, yeah, we knew that. We knew that from uh, the crossover episode. Where but he, then at the end, he was holding the Green Arrow toy. Yeah! When, when the Green Arrow rescued him, uh, we get introduced to Vixen. Uh, yes. You know, most, most of Vixen's ties are to the comics in the Justice League. Well, so. and uh, she has a, um, a mini-episode so series on uh, the website. CW, yeah. So that's um, uh, nice. Uh, there was a Constantine shout-out. <laughs> Basically, he's in hell. No, seriously, he's in hell. No, yeah, he's in hell. I mean, that he, that's what hell. he does. He, he's in hell. He, he goes to hell and fights demons because he's Constantine, and he's a demon hunter, oh, and he's a badass. Let's talk about something that just annoys me. Um, per usual, it's, it has to do with women. Oh so God. Felicity, she's upset. She doesn't understand why the sun secret was capped. Uh, at the end of the episode, she finally gets her walking ability back. She ditches the ring. And she walks out of the room. And Oliver has that shocked look on his face. And I just... Good for you her. Know, you know what? Independent. If I'm Oliver, bye! <laughs> bye, bitch! Oh, God. I, I'm so annoyed with her drama. I used to really like Felicity, but I'm really, really starting to dislike wow, her. Wow, that is harsh. You got no love for Felicity. I, Brad, I'm just, I, I'm so sick of the drama she, uh, she, that. I say she's a strong, independent woman and she needs to snap it at four corners. But something to keep an eye out for, um, comic book men posted this little, uh, this little possible Easter egg regarding Curtis, Felicity's, uh, uh, employee or assistant. Mm -hmm. Uh, he actually might be a new version of Mr. Terrific, Michael Ooh. Holt. Uh, he's seen wearing a fair play jacket, mm -hmm. and that's something that Michael Holt wore. Yeah. So just uh, kind of pay but, attention to that. Okay, let's keep an eye out for that. And now, obviously, um, as we close out this episode, remember, coming back this week is Gotham. Coming up soon is Daredevil. The same week um, Daredevil comes out, Metal and I are probably both going to be at C2E2, so maybe you'll bump into us. I don't know. But that's all coming your way um, on the Hillcrest Duo. We do thank you for listening. I am Brad Risto. I'm at Outsider Brad on Twitter. I'm Metal John at Metal John Radio on Twitter. Well, thank you once again for listening. We will be back sometime later this week. Thank you for listening. Have a great week.